Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. Oh, it's Cardigan Day. I didn't even realize it. He's right. like Donald Sutherland today is what I just decided. I love Donald Sutherland. Well, then I am so happy I could pay you that compliment. I, I knew you would know who he is, oh, yeah. but I didn't know you loved him. And his son, Kiefer. Who do you like more? Go. Donald. Is that because Kiefer likes hockey? Although I'll say Kiefer, stand by me. What a villain. Ace. Real scumbag. It's what about great. Will Wheaton and the leeches on his balls? Great. I, that's like the thing. Like A lot of times with like kids' movies or like um, movies that are starring... River Phoenix and teenager. Corey Feldman who now dances around like Michael Jackson. The, that notwithstanding. Oftentimes like they're ruined by the child actors because you know sometimes they're just not good. Stand By Me might be the greatest collection of performances by younger actors. Wow. I mean, River Phoenix. We had a, we had a, somebody came loaded for bear with a take today. It's obviously anchored by the great River Phoenix, who, I mean, what a miss. May he rest in peace, but... Viper Room. Yeah, uh, brutal. But, like, The Goonies is another good example of, like, great child actors, and there's plenty of examples of bad child actors. Josh Brolin, Sean Astin, who would later sack Georgia Tech's quarterback in a surprising development toward the tail end of Rudy. Um... Who else was a child actor? Martha Plimpton, I suppose, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I Goonies? Mean, yeah. yeah. I'm struggling with like the full cast, but they're good. Like They're good in the movie, so it works. How about the cast of different strokes? Is that the one? Is oh, that... nice show prep. Unbelievable. Gross, actually. Is that the one with Gary Coleman? Yes, it was. Okay. I mean... My sitcom knowledge... Pre-1990 is not great. Yeah, but if I said oh, Jerry so. Mathers and Tony Dow. Does that leave it to Beaver? Yeah. Okay, I know that. That's I what I'm saying. TV Land. These, are, these are pieces of Americana, sir. I watch more episodes of Andy Griffith than you would think. Really? Why? My dad's favorite show. So. Floyd the Barber. Yeah, Floyd the Barber. My, my dad went to Mayberry uh, a couple years ago. Took some great photos. Uh-huh. Yeah, really cool. Don Knotts. One of the funniest ever. Shakiest gun in the West? Are you kidding me? Well, we're going to talk sitcoms on the program today. 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service text line. And we also welcome you to participate in the YouTube chat. Did you know, because Marshy Marsh and the Playful Posse told me this when he was filling in for you last week, that they have the name The Snake Pit for the uh, YouTube chat on the fast lane. Oh, I nice. really like that. Yeah, it's good stuff. I, uh, I feel like we need to come up with a name now for, uh, for ours. You know, mm. just to kind of rip off their good idea and then, right. like, say, hey, we have an idea, even though we're ripping off their idea. See what I'm saying? Yeah. I like the rumpus room. Oh, I like that. Yeah, not bad, right? You ever watch that romper room? No. I feel like that's not a 70s sitcom. Uh, it was like an early morning children's show way back oh, in the okay. day. Uh, I Hate Paper Straw says, is that a turtleneck? 
Who wears those? That's from I Hate Paper Straws. Jackson, you want to address I Hate Paper Straws in the rumpus room? I guess this could be an economic discussion. If there's you think if you have wealth, you wear a turtleneck. Is that what you're saying? No. That's what you mean by economics? No, it's actually very simple economics. If mm. they're selling turtlenecks, that would mean that there is a demand for them, which means people wear them. Hmm. And they do sell turtlenecks. You can go to any department store. They'll sell I feel like the cardigan is really mounting like an aggressive Sunday charge, like Wyndham Clark in the third round, just Good rolling stuff. in putts. I, everybody, Tom Brady, when he had an, an issue with his ball striking uh, at Pebble Beach, he was wearing a cardigan. cardigan. I saw a buddy of mine uh, this past week. Cardigan. Is cardigan, is, 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 I mean, and then here you are. Wearing a cardigan as a 25-year-old strapping bachelor. And is, is the cardigan mounting a Sunday charge? Absolutely. John Hamm. Right? John Hamm, wonderful St. Louisan. Right. Uh, often wears a cardigan. It looks Do you look great down on Burroughs? No. No. That's one of the few schools I look up to. Nice. I like that. Yeah. That answered the question and was still condescending all in one answer. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Burroughs is certainly one of them. Nice. Yeah. Love John Hamm. Okay. And he wears cardigans? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. I was watching uh, the film Knives Out last night. I just threw it on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chris Evans, Captain America, the U. Great cardigan in it. Just wearing right. a cardigan. He's a, he's so a, you think the cardigan's having man. its moment in 24 and it's not going to have staying power? I think it's been there. I think the cardigan's really? been there. I think it's just gone under the radar. I think uh, Like when you're out at your cocktail lounge getting bottle services, you did in Scottsdale. And I know nobody's going to be wearing a cardigan right. in Scottsdale. This weekend, it was a little chill. Oh, is that right? Were oh, people wearing cardigans? No, no. Because cardigan more East Coast, Midwest than West Coast. Go. Well, here's the thing about it. like if you're gonna wear it to like a bar, just to, like hang out, like a pub, maybe like a, just some a little bit more low key, then the cardigan's a great look. But if you're gonna go to especially like Scottsdale, where it might be more of a club atmosphere, the last thing you want to do is being the sweaty guy at the club. Why is that? Because you're already perspiring from all the rails you've snorted. Sweat is just a, it's a primal thing. I get it. You know, you do it. You just try to limit it as much as you can when you're out in public. Uh, and not in an athletic situation. And if you're wearing a cardigan, you're most likely going to be sweating. Right. But it's also it's the great question. Like in the winter, do you wear your coat to the bar? Because then you're holding on to it right, all night. You can right, lose it because right. you're certainly not going to be wearing. It. It's going to get hot. But you also don't want to come to the bar in a short sleeve or long sleeve T-shirt because you're going to be cold on the way home and back. How many cardigans you own, boy? There's just the one. Oh, is that right? I yeah, feel but, like I've seen a oh, few different. More are coming. If you think this is the only cardigan I'll own in my lifetime, you are dead wrong. Oh, is that right? Yeah, God willing. Oh, wow. Yahweh. All right. Well, there it is. It's Big Cardigan Day here on uh, Balloon Party, and we welcome you to share your thoughts. How many cardigans do you own? Just text in the number 314-399-9646 or in the rumpus room? Yeah. Mike Ryder's wearing a cardigan right now. Is he really? Yeah. Look at him. I love the cardigan. You need to get one. You need to get one. Yeah. You need to get one. It would be a great look on you, too. I do. Yeah. I everyone. think it's kind of a Mick thing. I do, you know, as, yeah. a, as an Irish kid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, scrappy little Irish kid, middle infielder. Yeah. You can bet your ass Killian Murphy wears one. Oh, and you love that Killian Murphy. Who doesn't? Uh, let's see. Uh, Balloon Party Mafia has been around for what? Six to eight months, and Tim still don't know it's from Tiny Peepee. How can Tiny Peepee and me be sideways? That could never happen. Can't. Won't, won't accept it. I just didn't know that that was the name. Okay. It's Balloon Party Mafia? I like that. I didn't know that that was the name. That's all. I know we have a very active YouTube chat. Yeah, we love the, the For as active as the TMA audience is, the one place they're not as active is the YouTube chat even though there's a bunch of people in there. But here on Balloon Party, active as the day is long. If it's Balloon Party Mafia, you can vote. Do you want Balloon Party Mafia 
Rumpus Room, or some other name. But I love the Snake Pit yeah, like that, that. Uh, the boys on the uh, Fast Lane have like named that. their YouTube chat. Uh, you can also participate in the Air Comfort Service text inbox, 314-399-9646. Uh, this will be my final show until February 19th. I wanted to give just a rush of dopamine for my friends, uh, thinking it might be the end. Uh, but it's just it's just the end for seven shows, mm-hmm. uh, and then when I'm off, you're off, and I I I need to know who your agent is who negotiated that clause because that was that was savvy. Uh, he went to Burroughs. Really? Yeah. God Almighty! All my counsels and my CDS. Not good enough. I guess not. Not good enough. Uh, that uh, Jackson will not be in either. I'm actually going out of town. Jackson will be here. He just won't be in 101. Always available for takes, though. Like, if it's someone's like, hey, Well, Jackson. Josh Innes can call you in and give, and you'll he's come like, in and give a take on the association. Yeah, whatever. You know, association. Okay, what if he says, hey, Jackson, what do you think of the Blues and Sabres? And I'll, yes, that on Monday. Then I'll make some up. Oh, my God. Man, seems, you know, seems like. You really are becoming our lost. Seems in vogue. You know, you just talk. Right. And whether it has factual basis or not, you give a take regardless. I hate paper straw says you have not power. And I like that. You have not it's like power. Shakespeare. You have not power to have a vote for the name, Tim. It will be the BP Mafia. So apparently this is like a real thing that I was oblivious to. I knew the YouTube chat was active. I just didn't know that the phrase had been coined months ago. Hmm. Did, did we predate the snake pit? I Ooh, don't know. That would be great. Sounds- is there a name for the YouTube chat on the opening drive? No, no. We're, we're down there doing a little HD2, so we don't have... I'll give it one right now. Randy's Friends. Wow, that is so creative. Thank you. Thank you. Randy's Friends. Randy's uh, friends. BK and Ferrari have a name for it as well. Oh, what's that? I've been told. It's called The Graveyard. I like that's a great name. He says because it's dead. Oh. <laughs> I'm like getting... Writer. Fed- Writer. <laughs> Writer. God almighty. <laughs> uh, but well played. Uh, and so it's Randy's friends, BP Mafia, the graveyard. And the snake pit. And the snake pit. Yeah, big All fan. Right. Look at there that. There it is. That's nice. Yeah. Which are you? It's like uh, Harry Potter. Like what, what house are you going to be in? The sorting hat. Slytherin. Is that what you would be in? I, probably so. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. I'm it's close to the ground. Big Hufflepuff energy. <laughs> Is that what you are? Uh... Tim, I'm never against you. I just was surprised. That's from Tiny PP. Yeah, I would never want to see a... Our TMA Listener of the Month for the month of January. I know. He was the Milagro Tequila Listener of the Month on TMA. I mean, that's 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 big time there. That's a rare fraternity. That, rare error. That's exactly right. Jackson has a Little Piddles uh, Wide Berth Wednesday coming up. Uh, it is a farewell program for the next seven shows. Josh Innes and Marshy Marsh and his playful posse will be in uh, for those seven shows, and we will be back on February 19th. And uh, so Jackson says we're going to go out with a bang. This is going to be unbelievable. You said this This is our last dance. That's what you said. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, that's, I like that. That's yeah. <laughs> Like Aaron Rodgers and Devonta Adams. I a, a picture. Post a picture of us two like walking. Like last I have a great deal of respect, of course, for what they accomplished in Green Bay. Sure. But it's like once the '90s Bulls and Michael Jordan said last dance. It's kind of like it's like you don't cover smells like Teen Spirit, for example. It's just kind of understood that set a tone for a generation and an era of music, and nobody's going to mess with that. Let's leave that one alone, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like who else can go? say last dance i think that and that's like a microcosm of the overuse of the word goat you know like sure you know things are just everyone's the goat and so yeah i think it's an overused term but i think it's fallen off a little it was all like 
the Rogers and Adams thing was like right after it, so it was still very much in vogue. I don't think people would be doing that much more. Like, I suppose if the Chiefs won a couple more Super Bowls, but I mean, Mahomes is going to be playing a lot longer than Travis Kelsey. So, yeah, totally. So they can't have the last dance. Right. They can, yeah, because they can have it with each other, but right. I bet Mahomes is going to play four or five, maybe even more after right. Kelsey shuts it I guess down. like Brett Cecil's last year <laughs> here. I suppose that would be well, from a local standpoint. Big last dance energy with. Lynn, Descalzo on the bench coach, Matt Carpenter, 26 man on the roster. Yeah, yeah, it's all happening. All right, Jackson, this is a big uh, Little Piddles wide berth Wednesday? Yeah. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Um, I guess when Yadi, Wayno, and Pools were all here, that was kind of a, that was like a, nice. a, a more legitimate last dance. That was like a, that was very legit. Yeah. Two World Series between all of them. Sad ending. A couple MVPs, yeah, well. Yeah, Got to pull Quintana. Here comes Dan McLaughlin. Here comes Dan McLaughlin. Not wearing a cardigan. I thought it was going to be Ryder in the car, but he's wearing a cardigan. And I'm Look not... my keys. Oh, keys. <laughs> Dan's got the keys. Uh, all right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back with uh, the Little Piddles Wide Berth Wednesday here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganess St. Louis Acura and Munganess Burkhard, Alton Toyota. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Last dance. Balloon party. 101 ESPN until February 19th. And then I come back like Jordan wearing the 4-5. or five. It ain't to play games with you? It's to aim at you. Blow you to smithereens? You do the next line. I think I'm off on it. I'm not positive on it. Probably end your career if you said it. Just so you know. <laughs> Jackson, what do you have for this way back high birth Wednesday? Yeah. So uh, Harrison Bader was on Show and Go with Xavier Scruggs discussing his life in baseball and specifically coming up with the Cardinals. Now, we didn't play the second clip on TMA. I think the second clip will better underscore my point on the question. Okay, what is your point on the question? Uh, my question is, well, let's play the audio and then we'll get to it. Jeez, this is off to a bad start, Ryder. What do we do with this guy? The Cardinal ways flutter is sprinkled throughout all of baseball yeah. and, and, and every player that embodies it. And um, just having that at a very young age, like dudes like Willie McGee would come down when I was in double A. Yeah. And like Willie's my favorite player ever, <laughs> favorite person ever. But he'd come down, he'd be like, damn, Bades, you a cold dude. <laughs> Stick with it. Yeah. Just having like him do that, meeting Lou Brock. You do a good Willie. You do a good I Willie. Do a good Willie. <laughs> you know Willie. Then Lou Brock looking at me and smiling, and he's like, man, you got wheels. Yeah. And I'm like, Lou, you got wheels. Yeah, like, talk right. about, um, you know, meeting like Rick Shandy. I mean, so many guys. Yeah. Um, Bob Gibson. They, the Cardinals did such a good job. And rest in peace, honestly, so many of those guys, which yeah. is crazy. Um, but the Cardinals did such a good job of, of having those guys come back. And it's really, really important that players see that because mm-hmm. – it's so, like, you know, we talk about it all the time that, like, this current generation has to make the right decisions through our PA for the upcoming generation. Mm-hmm. And the same way with players, like, these dudes were dudes at one point. Yeah, they might be a little slow right now, but right. these guys did exactly what we did. So to see them come back, to talk about the game, and knowing that they're, regardless of the game, even there might be 40 years in between us, mm-hmm. the game is still the same with how you go about winning it. Yeah. So, um, I love that aspect of what the Cardinals did. I know they still do it because I always see photos on Instagram of yeah. guys like, oh my, you know, and it's it's real. So okay, Harrison so what Bader. do we got here? Yeah, it's so, Harrison Bader, very uh, 
Very kind comments about his former team. Spoke very fondly of his time with the Cardinals organization. From your experience, have you talked to players who shared a similar sentiment as Bader in terms of former players sticking around and being there for the younger guys? And from your perspective, how helpful can having those guys be around younger players in their development? Also, is it a good reflection on the club that a lot of these former players, former greats, choose to stick around and help? I answer yes to all of your questions. Tony LaRusso, I feel like, even though I, of course, wasn't a player, but I feel like he would talk about that more than anyone and how he felt a responsibility to live up to the legacy. And then when he would see guys like Red Shandings, Bob Gibson, Lou Brock, Stan Musial, um, he wanted to be part of the club. And then taking it from a player's perspective, I mean, those guys are all over spring training. So there is a, a pride. I, 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 in a way, I would draw a parallel to it. Like if you played at Alabama in college football, yeah. or maybe this era now, Georgia, college football, like it's a, it's a pride thing. Like I, and I'm not saying this to mock other college football programs so much as to kind of acknowledge the greatness that has been Alabama, at least during the Saban era, that there's a pride there whereas if like a guy went to the NFL and he was killing it and he was from Mississippi State or something like that that wouldn't have the same cachet so there is a pride if you love the game of baseball and I think also as has been the case for nearly every Cardinal team since 2000 you were a part of a good team um, that you come back it doesn't mean you live here per se but it does mean you come back in some capacity and you experience probably selfishly, even though it's not selfish, but you, for yourself, you experience nostalgia of that time when you were young and you were playing and having success with a team and a group of guys and that those relationships are what you always hear about. That's what people miss the most, the relationships with the guys and BS and in the clubhouse and so on. Um, but then also somewhat of an obligation to pay forward that yeah. which the organization gave you. So my answer to all of your questions, yes. Harrison Bader really didn't experience that much team success. He was a part of the 2019 team that went to the NLCS, but I don't think Cardinal fans who have seen the last 25 years of baseball would consider that one of even the top five teams, no. which is a great thing that when you have yeah. so many NLCSs, it's like, oh yeah, that team went there too. Um, but, you know, he's... He, that's a guy specific to Bader who, and I don't know, I feel like he was beloved here, So it, it, but, but he, he, he comes from a background of, Doug Vaughn was telling this story on TMA today, he said, and he didn't say it like as a brag, I mean, once you're at a certain level of money, it's not, he's just like, he goes, I'm probably one of the only guys in Major League Baseball where my dad makes more than I do. Yeah. Um, he comes from crazy money and wealth. But I know that, of course, is all he's got to be awful then because that's the whole thing. But he couldn't have been more down to earth, friendly, loved the game of baseball. Um, I got a chance to interact with him away from, you know, spring training a number of times. And uh, and he couldn't be more down to earth. So I was really happy for him in particular when he had the success with the Yankees and got a chance to go home. And I know he's playing in Queens this year, but to be able to go back to the Bronx and be who he is and how he played that had to be the true highlight and yet he talks about the Cardinals like he did when he's a New York kid who got to play and have a great run with the Yankees and still has that respect for the Cardinals and the guys who came before him such as and not just naming like and of course he probably didn't cross paths with 
Musial just because Stan had passed by then, Gibson Brock, but but you know uh, Willie McGee, who's yeah. in St. Louis's eyes a, a Cardinal Hall of Famer, but uh, not necessarily a, a nationally known figure, but just has the respect for the way he carries himself and the way he played the game. Yeah. So. You know, every every bit about your question is a yes, and every box you can check on Harrison Bader is a yes. Yeah. So William McGee is his favorite person ever. How do you like that? God, he's my, he's, yeah, that's my, it's mine too. My that's the thing. Favorite. So, oh, is that right? Oh, oh yeah. wow. How about that? My dad's favorite player. And then like Ozzie Smith, like my brother's middle name is Osborne because of Ozzie Smith. Like it's a deep connection that I think former players definitely, I mean, Ozzie Smith is the prime example of a guy who still lives around here and does so much for the community in St. Louis on top of what he does for the Cardinals. I mean that that this I don't think that you're going to see that across a lot of teams, and the teams you do see the cross are the bluest of blue bloods. So. Are you familiar with the Retire Fifty One campaign? Yeah, you oh, are. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen a couple it, of T-shirts because I mean it really predates you. Yeah, I know. Yep. And for whatever reason, that hits me harder than anything. I don't know why. Um, God, man, I mean for real. When we were doing this, you were eight. Might have just turned eight. <laughs> um, but uh, we started inside STL in two thousand five. And partnered with uh, a couple of gentlemen by the name of Josh Baycott and Pat Immig with uh, Joe Sports Fan and Matt Seebeck, who is now with uh, City, um, started Inside STL with me. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was the guys from Joe Sports Fan who were working with Barstool when Barstool was, I mean, 2005 yeah, Barstool was a lot different, out for real. Yeah. Uh, which is amazing to like think of that context. So anyway, how is that relevant to this little anecdote? They were big on getting Willie McGee's number retired. And and I'm like, yeah. And and I remember in 2001, Bud Smith, who became known, of course, for his no-hitter, was later traded a year later for Scott Rowland. When he came up, I remember seeing it at spring training. He's on the mound, and he was wearing 51. And this is 2001. Mm-hmm. And, and any of these guys who were kind of, because I'm, you know, at that time, 23. So I had a you know, rapport, I suppose, with the super young guys uh, because the guys who were stars had no use for me and and to this day don't. Uh, And so I would BS with like Bud Smith and Ann Keel because we were in the same age range. And I saw him and I said, wow, bold. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, what? And he was like a super laid back kind of introverted guy. And I go, 51, huh? And he goes, what? And I goes Willie McGee's number, man. I mean, that's yeah, that's like being a Yankee and putting on Donnie baseball. Not a Hall of Famer, but for Yankees fans, that's right, right. That's sacred stuff. And he's like, oh, I don't, that's just the number they gave me. And he wore it a couple times. All hell broke loose with Cardinal fans. Can imagine. And Bud Smith, if memory serves, was wearing number fifty-two when he threw his no hitter in San Diego in September of two thousand one. Yeah. So we start this retire fifty-one campaign. Get a bunch of signatures. I mean, this is old school stuff. This yeah. is 2006. I mean, had to have down at Bush Stadium and at Mike Shannon's across from, you know, Ballpark Village wasn't around at that time, but the new stadium was just opening up. Got thousands of signatures. Brian Burwell wrote a column about it. It's really got momentum. And somehow, and I still don't recall exactly how this happened, but it was brought to my attention that uh, Willie McGee wanted to talk with me about it. And Willie McGee, I mean, for real, is I, still to this day, actually, I, it's probably because it just takes me back to my childhood and mm-hmm. those teams that I, because they were the teams of my childhood, consider to be the best, even though they probably weren't, you know. Um, and 
I had talked with Mark Lamping about it. I go, why, you know, and Lamping's like the greatest guy. And so we, we BS'd off air. And I said, so why isn't his number retired? He goes, honestly, we have a policy here. You know, you, you kind of got to be in the Hall of Fame to, to have your number retired. And in a way, his number's kind of unofficially retired because nobody's worn it. I don't think anybody has worn it since Fun Buddy was walking around in Jupiter unknowingly. Yeah, definitely nobody recently. Right. So, um, you know, he said uh, they retired Ken Boyer's number, who's not a Hall of Famer, but he had passed early in a, in a tragedy. And he said, but, you know, everybody else, they're, they're Hall of Famers. And I'm like, all right. I, you know, I said... And I think one of the things that Cardinal fans, and it's probably in the text inbox, I haven't looked at it yet. Well, we're not the, you know, Marlins or something. We don't retire everybody's number. That's fine. I think Cardinal fans would acknowledge, however, there's at least one franchise that has a a better track record, and that's the New York Yankees. And they did retire non-Hall of Famer Don Mattingly's number. Yeah, they have no uh, and single digits. they also digits have left. retired a bunch of numbers, as you just were saying. Yeah, they have no single digits. Right. Left. So... It, it, it's like, well, we don't just retire everybody's number for those who are counter, you know. Right. Uh, and so anyway, I get on the phone with Willie McGee, which to me is just like, yeah, the greatest. Oh my god! And and this just speaks to Willie McGee. It's absolute true story. Why would I make it up? It's been eighteen years. And he goes, I really appreciate what you're doing. He goes, I mean, it means a lot that so many people feel that way about the way I played and the way I carried myself. He goes, but if they want to retire my number, I want them to do it because they want to do it, not because they feel like they're pressured to do it. So if and when that time comes, I want to be there with my family, knowing that they chose to do it and didn't do it to buckle the public pressure. Yeah. And I'm just like that. There, there's a, there's another reason why I feel like right. the numbers should be retired. 100. You know what I mean? Totally. That's a, it's fully underscores it. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. So there you go. A little anecdote. I don't know if I've told that one before, but there you go. Yeah, I mean, we had Jim Edmonds in here two weeks ago, and I totally agree with him. He's like, don't put these guys in the Hall of Fame or retire their number, something like that. Like when they're really old or or just died. Like do it when they're, you know, f- you know, adults. You know, like right after their playing career. Deserving players should get in when they should get in. You know, yeah. it shouldn't be like, oh, they're old, so we'll put them in, or oh, they're old, we'll retire their number now. You know, it, do it do it for them right now. You know, I totally agree with what Evans was saying there, and it's perfect for William McGee. 314 What do you think about it? Uh, you're also welcome to comment in the Balloon Party Mafia, BP Mafia, Yep. YouTube chat, uh, which is very active as well. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN and the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you on the program. I got a text in the Air Comfort Service text line. The number is 314-399-9646 asking us uh, from the 618. Did you see that Netflix is reportedly releasing a doc? On the 04 Red Sox later this year, along with their Hard Knock style series, baseball fan in me wants to see what it's about, but also don't want to relive that. That's from the uh, 618. So I had seen something right before we started the show 
about Netflix following around the 2024 Red Sox for the upcoming season. Um, and I love that idea, like what they do, you know, with Hard Knocks is this uh, texture references full swing on Netflix, uh, the F1 series on Netflix. And um, NHL's done a little bit of it. What about your association? They're going to start. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, but it also turns out in reading the article about it, which I am reading on The Athletic, uh, written by Jen McCaffrey, that they are additionally doing a separate documentary on the 20th anniversary of the 2004 Red Sox. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to watch it. Anytime that you see something on that, the, the, it's, it's kind of like, and I remember dead serious driving into Boston because KMOV was kind enough to fly us into Manchester, New Hampshire. Oh, sweet, sweet Kai. So we could then drive from Manchester, New Hampshire to Boston because, well, local television, <laughs> Digressing, though, nonetheless, I got the chance to listen to Boston Sports Talk Radio in 2004 en route to Boston for the World Series. It was the day after the Cardinals had beaten the Astros, and I believe it was two days after the Red Sox had come back from the 3-0 deficit to beat the Yankees. Coming back from a 3-0 deficit in general doesn't matter who they could have been playing name whatever butt ass franchise it would have had that city going crazy the fact that it was the yankees and the fact that it followed the year of aaron boone's walk off in a game seven you know all of those things made that place just feel like it, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter and i remember hearing the analogy and i and i think that there is something to this from their standpoint they used the analogy, the guys I was listening to, that it was like when the United States beat the Soviet Union in 1980, people assume, if they don't remember it or were too young for it, that that was the gold medal game. And in right. fact, it wasn't. Um, and then they go on and they beat, Jackson, I know you uh, would know, Finland, was it? I actually do think it was Finland. I think it was. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw money on Finland. Yeah, knowing yeah. that I'm live, well, that information is not available anywhere, and so we will, we will look that up and uh, get back to you uh, via Twitter. But uh, that was their mindset, and so I think, and I don't think this is necessarily a real groundbreaking statement of that series. There was one game that was a quote unquote good game. It was it Finland, yeah, uh, and uh, and that was game one, high scoring game. If the Cardinals win that game. I, I don't. It's not like I think the Red Sox win the next three. I just I think it stops the momentum. The Red Sox at that point were of the opinion that we just can't. Nobody's going to beat us. Mm-hmm. And the Cardinals also just didn't have great starting pitching at that point. You know, I mean, they were able to get past the Astros, but I think, you know, I think the Astros would acknowledge the Cardinals were a better team. The fact that it went seven was a little surprising. I mean, that was a great Cardinal team, but Chris Carpenter got hurt in in September and. I can't remember if it was... I know Williams and Morris both started in Boston. I just don't remember who started game one. But I know Woody Williams because I was at the game in Houston. I think it was a Jeff Kent walk-off in game five on a Monday night. And I think Woody Williams threw that game and threw a billion pitches. And then World Series game one was a Saturday night in Boston. And he was just kind of on fumes. And Morris had pitched in six or seven, probably six, because Supon threw seven. And uh, and they just... I mean, you know, God bless. But those guys weren't at that point in their career where... You know, like you think of with the Phillies and Nolan Wheeler, uh, yeah. you know, where it's a, it's just like you're going into that ballpark with that momentum and two guys who are kind of on fumes. If the Cardinals win game one, maybe it's a different story. Point being, this person said, I don't really want to relive it. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't, 
it doesn't bother me maybe as much as it bothers other Cardinal fans, I feel like. And I think that's because it was such a... It was a great season, and you kind of recognize it was a bad set of circumstances from a health standpoint that Carpenter wasn't there, and the Red Sox were just in a once-in-a-lifetime heater. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, and it wasn't like a seven-game or even six-game series where you felt like you could have won it. Yeah. Like, even the Blues losing in five to the Avalanche in 2001 was kind of painful because a bunch of the games were in overtime. Mm-hmm. The series with the Red Sox was never close. Yeah, and I, I bet if 06 and 11 didn't happen, you might look back on it with a little less. I, I remember being in that clubhouse after they lost, after Game 4, and I think I said this little story recently, uh, that Walt Jockety, who did not like me, uh, like was even joking with me, you know? I mean, it just, it, it just wasn't... I'd, I've only seen Cardinal players cry one time, whereas I've seen Blues players cry and Rams crying after Super Bowl 36 and certainly college athletes. And that was 2001 when they lost to the Diamondbacks, Tony Womack walk-off. Um, in that situation, it's kind of like, yeah, you got, you got... You got beat. Yeah, and it's just like, what are you going to... Yeah, some days you go out there and get your ass kicked. Right, like is uh, Marchand crying on the ice if the Blues sweep the Bruins, no you know way. what I mean? No it's way. a seventh game, it's at home, yeah. you feel like you dominated the first... 12 minutes and you were down 2 nothing going to the first intermission going oh my god yeah with that group and also a bunch of them were coming back i yeah. think that also kind of factors into it for the 2004 team yeah. you know those guys were back and they did they won 100 games the next year yeah there's uh, to me that's like a phenomenon and certainly since 2000 but that's really my only reference point is like the destiny teams the 04 red sox are certainly a destiny team after you come back 3-0 against your super rival right. and when the blues i mean this might be revisionist history but like in 2019 with all the stuff going on with the blues the Playgoria stuff felt like a destiny team and right now with the chiefs in the super bowl kind of feels i know like a I st- i'm starting team. to like wonder i remember uh i don't think he'd mind me saying this and either way he's out of town now uh joe buck uh who knows i enjoy placing a wager here uh, and there yeah um and i don't i think i don't know who the seahawks with when they beat the broncos is that who they beat uh, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, I think it was that Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure. Or maybe it was the Bron- I don't know. remember. And he goes, he goes, for real, he goes, I just, I knew that one and I knew people weren't off on it. Yeah. I, I can't remember which team it was. He goes, that just, I, I saw what was going on with that team. And so I listened to his interview, podcasted his interview when he was on with, uh, Randy and, and Dan and Brooke and Rocchio a couple days ago. And he's like, I was really surprised the Chiefs won. Because mm-hmm. he, he goes, I I think he called the Ravens and Texans. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, it's like I mean that team's so good. Yeah, he goes. So I didn't see this coming, but maybe I shouldn't be surprised. There are just some guys when the postseason gets going, and then there are some teams when they get going in the postseason, they're just machines. Yeah. So I thought it would be San Francisco and Baltimore, but you know you, you can't discredit a team that that keeps doing it and keeps going back at a 67% rate in a guy's career four out of six years he's in the super bowl six out of six he's in the afc he's got it when it comes around postseason time you have to respect that and go okay there's a pattern there plus you're getting two points if you take the chiefs right jackson oh yeah i mean if you're getting if you're getting the dog it just feels like their destiny i mean it's just it's simply it feels like they're destined to win and mahomes is doing it like when tyreek hill left i was like well there goes the chiefs and now he's won a super bowl and might win another one yeah. in the two years Following. Yeah, I know that is insane. I mean, with really a very oh, faster. <laughs> but that's similar to Brady and the Patriots. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, he did have the, the the Moss years, but yeah, when I look, I have a little notebook from when I was down at the the Super Bowl thirty six 
play-by-play that I was uh-huh. just riding, and then I look at who the guys who are catching passes for the Patriots. I'm like, who are these guys? Right. And then you look at who's on the Rams, and it's like, how is this? Oh my god! On paper, and there are like four out. different guys who carried the football for him: J.R. Redman, Kevin Falk. Uh, Antoine Smith, maybe. I mean, it just was like it was just a bunch of. I mean, listen, they're NFL players, great players. Don't get me wrong, but it was it it was not it no. was not like what if you know if you were a Boston reporter and you're writing down Kurt Warner to Isaac Bruce, <laughs> Kurt Warner to a Marshall Falk, Kurt Warner to Tory Holt, right? Orlando Pace on the offensive line, so you know, different. it's a lot different. Yeah, it's a whole other thing. All right, though, it's fun to relive miserable things, isn't it? <laughs> uh, your thoughts are welcome. Three one four three nine 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 six four six. This is Balloon Party. I want to speak. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. It's Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Final segment before uh, we go on a uh, vacation. Jackson is letting me use his uh, place in the Hamptons. I don't know. Do you own it or does your trust own it? Uh, I will own it, so you might as well just operate like I do own it. Okay. Because I was... I was deciding who to write the check to, and I'm like, oh, Jackson Bennett Burkett. But then I was like, oh, it's probably the trust. I mean, we're not like, we got a lot tied up. Right. You know, we've kind of moved off of crypto in the recent years. Shrewd. Yeah. And so we've moved into some different markets that I won't be saying. Right. Uh, For SEC reasons. And to protect our interests. And so you can write the check to anyone with my last name. It's all gone to the same. Same wow. fund. God, you guys are. It's, it's the it's the, rainy, it's the rainy day fund. Okay, you know? fair enough. I had no idea. Well, I want to I want to end this with a with a bang. I mean, now we're going to go do QFTA, the Tim McCurdy Show podcast at eleven twenty five, uh, YouTube dot com slash TMASTL. At four thousand nine hundred ninety nine subscribers, who's going to be five thousand subscriber today? It's it's right there open for you. All right, um, Jackson. How are you going to end uh, today's show before we go on a, a sabbatical to to figure out what life really means i have two choices here oh look at you you're doing the you're yeah. rubbing your goatee right peach fuzz um saint john Vianney. that's right shout out, shout out to the golden griffins shout out to all my golden griffins out there i could be a real goofball or i could do something somewhat serious we'll go serious wow pretty major pretty major news in the uh world of sports business nah, i don't like this story all right well then i'm gonna Are you be doing a- the tv thing oh yeah yeah, I, just, I, I don't think there's a lot. I think it sounds bigger than it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I like Scott. I was Van actually going to say that. Oh, what was his analysis? I don't know what his analysis is. Well, he's like, well, this is just basically cable. Right. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. I think it sounds bigger than it is. Yeah. That's, that's my analysis, but I like Van Pelt's better. I wouldn't have included it if I didn't see the SVP tweet last yeah. night where he's like, well, when you add up all the prices, when you do everything, yeah, it's, it's going to be cable right. and it's, still harder to access. But all right, I get I mean, you putting it in there because I'm intrigued by the television situation. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a Quinn Snyder press conference. A lot said, not a lot really done. All right, what do we got? What's the goofy question? That's, yes. that's, that's perfect. Yes. Watch Little Piddles Cook. Yeah. A video has gone viral. Oh, you're going to ask me to comment on the Drake video? No, no. But you can tune into QFTA for that analysis. Watch Little Piddles Cook. A video has gone viral of a K-State Wildcats trainer getting a blood stain out of one of their players' jersey, seemingly like magic. I mean, he sprays it on and wipes it off in two seconds. Oh, I'm not aware of it. Completely gone. I encourage people to look it up. It's fascinating. And it might be water, but I'm pretty sure it's some sort of proprietary stain remover. My question to you in the, ter- in the world of shirts, would you rather have a device that automatically gets wrinkles out of the shirts, mm. have that magic stain remover that the K-State player had, mm. or have a material in a shirt that never, ever shrinks from the day you buy it? 
Well, shrinking is going to do somebody my size favor. So I'm going to take that off the table. Um, I really would... I loathe the ironing process. brutal. I loathe the ironing. I'm about to pack for my trip this afternoon, and I'll fold it all nice and neat. And then it's like I'll, I'll open up the suitcase, and it'll just be an absolute disaster. And I... Isn't there can't there be so I am pro the, the wrinkle free never gonna wrinkle yeah, yeah. that's where the stain I, thing I guess at this point with having a two year old and six year old stains are a lot more present than they were a few years ago but the the wrinkle thing is where I am Jackson yeah another question follow up question nice. for you I'll take it when you go on a trip mm-hmm. let's say a week or so you living out that suitcase or you unpack it and put it in the drawers I unpack I unpack really? right away and right when I get home I unpack and wow. then I'm done with it I'm jealous of you I can't yeah I don't have that I don't enjoy it but right. I'm just uh, that's just how I'm programmed yeah. I can't start to relax until I've kind of done what I see as the job and the job is to unpack in both places when I arrive and then when I get back home yeah I respect that thank you I appreciate you respecting me I respect you I want yeah. you to know that I respect I, the cardigan I don't care what they're saying about that cardigan in the BP Mafia YouTube chat. Yeah, they can. Even though I fully support them, yeah. I don't care what they're saying about it. Yeah. And I don't care what they may say in the Air Comfort Service text line. I love it. And I will miss you. I want you to know that. I will miss you. I miss you And too. I will think of you every single night I put my tiny little head on the pillow as I lay awake and think about our next balloon party on Monday, February 19th. Yeah, I right, listen. I can't wait. I can't wait. I hope you do have a lovely time, though. Thank you. You're a gentleman. I hope you enjoy yourself. And uh, like I said, just lock the back door at the Hamptons. What is it? Are you doing like a metaphor? Well, no. Well, maybe. But make sure you. it's a little jiggly. Just lock the back door. Yeah, that's you guys are in a rough neighborhood in the Hamptons. It's, it's, it's not our main vacation home. Our main vacation home. Martha's just, Vineyard. Uh, I knew what well, Martha's Vineyard one. Cape. Yeah. Cape Girardeau? Like Dalhousie? Uh, no, no, we don't have Great vacation track. homes in landlocked areas. No, this is oh my gosh, Cape Cod. That was vile. Uh, that's Jackson Burkett. We will be doing uh, questions from the audience. Your questions are welcome. T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N and inside STL. I have comments are welcome. Anything is welcome that goes live. Uh, we'll be live in about 20, 25 minutes. As soon as Jackson uploads the podcast, brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers for Balloon Party. And uh, that'll be it until February 19th. Thank you to all of our audience members on the YouTube, BP Mafia, and of course, the Air Comfort service text line and we'll look forward to talking again on monday february 19th for jackson bennett burkett i'm timothy michael mckernan this has been balloon party driven by munganess st louis accurate munganess burkhardt alton toyota on 101 espn and the 101 espn youtube channel you've been listening to the balloon party on the tim mckernan podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn